when we have unique content that we're developing, it means something to our writers. My staff actually writes their own content based on their lives. So it's things that they care about, they're passionate about. And so the content is personal and that connects with an audience. Listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journeys series, where James Robert uncovers and explores some of the industry's biggest digital marketing and sales stories of success. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello, I am James Robert Lay and welcome to the 104th episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journey series and I'm excited to welcome Madeline Anderson Balmer to the show. Madeline is an award-winning marketing manager at MIT Federal Credit Union overseeing day-to-day operations for the marketing department while also sitting on the CUNA Marketing and Business Development Council Committee. She's also a content writer, which is going to make for some really good content and conversation today with the work that you guys are doing over there. Welcome to the show, Madeline. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for this conversation. It's been great to see your own personal growth over the years. When it comes to the work that you're doing, the important work, the meaningful work, before we get there, I always like to start off on just a positive note. What is going well for you right now, personally or professionally? Professionally, I'll start with right away. Um, We're really excited to have our teams going back into the office, which some people may not like if they have a long commute, but most of us are happy to be back together and, and working side by side, which is a big change after 14 plus months of being at home working. Personally, it's great to continue to do my blog that I started last May. As I mentioned before, it is something that started with the pandemic and got me into food and restaurants and cooking and hiking. And that's also been an exciting break from credit unions. Well, you know, you talk about food. You've got my attention on that. So on that personal note, what's been the biggest or the most interesting article that you've published around food? You know, it's interesting. One of the first posts I put up there was about frying fish with my father. <laughs> and wow. I on LinkedIn and it kind of blew up and brought a lot of people to the blog, but also kind of interesting that I have a following around the world. So I have a lot of followers in India. There's a lot of followers in France. So it's really nice to connect with those people and hear their voices and see what's interesting to them. Isn't it interesting when you think about content, how big the world is, but then how quickly it becomes very small and connected. And we really are so alike. We're very different in a lot of different ways, but we're so alike. And I think that's the beauty about food. Food is something that can bring everyone together, literally around the table to have conversation, to connect and really begin to relate and understand one another, even though we might come from different walks in life. My wife, for example, is Lebanese. And so we've, I mean, everything literally is around either the island in the kitchen or around a table and it's all based on food and just great conversation, good friends, good family. So I appreciate the work that you're doing on that front to bring people together on a subject like this. And and speaking about bringing people together, what I'm hoping that comes from today's conversation is to educate and to inspire 
others on their own digital growth journey, regardless of their walk to this point. They could be coming from marketing. They could be coming from a sales background. They could be in leadership as well. And so let's go back in your mind three years to start this conversation. The world really was a different place. But I want to go back in time. I want to go walk through that journey with you. What did digital marketing and sales look like for you and your team back then at MIT Federal Credit Union? Wow. So 2018, 2019. Yes. Content wasn't a thing as much for MIT. We did not have a blog. We did a lot of template emails, put out social media, but it was not conversational. It was Mm. either selling something, which is really not the way to do social media, or it was something that They just felt like, hey, here's a community story. Let's share that out there. But there really wasn't an educational aspect to it. And so as we grew forward in time, the educational piece became more important. I started Financially Empowered Women, which was a program, a series of communications and education back when I first joined MIT's credit union. And that was a huge hit. And that kind of around the 2018, 2019 timeframe, we stopped doing that program because it's expensive to do all these social activities and things. But we transitioned into financial education documents, PDFs and things people could download off the website. But how do you communicate a PDF? It's not personal, it's not conversational. So that's where we started to really look at opening a conversation and being there for our members as a resource, but in a way that they could connect with as far as the language we use, the topics we talked about, and the positioning of the communication. I really like that focus as you go back in your mind, was it financially empowered women? I think that's a unique niche market opportunity, one that I do a lot of advising and guidance and teaching around. And I think the more that we can become focused around a niche understanding what those problems are, what those pain points are for that market segment. But it's the women that I'm seeing is really an underserved opportunity. It's a conversation that I was having with Sherry Storm, and she's done some very interesting things in in that market over the years. When you think about this idea of niche and of focus, what have you done in that area to provide a, not such a, maybe a broad swath of content, but really focused on maybe a few niche market segments or maybe just a few products? How does that play out with the work that you're doing? Well, with content, especially with financial empowered women, Women are the decision makers in most households for finances. However, they don't have the same training. And what we've found, and also at MIT, there's been kind of a study regarding women being afraid to be in a setting where there's a majority of men. And then speaking about their lack of knowledge, they don't want to put that out there. So what we did was open up a discussion group in a setting where they felt safe, whether it was a restaurant, a wine bar, at a yoga class. And then opening the conversation to say, any question is welcome. And that's kind of what we needed to do with that content was say, it's all open for discussion and there are no wrong answers. There's no wrong questions. It's just an open discussion where everybody's talking from their position and where they're coming from. That was really well received, but as it moved on, We had people that wanted to bring their boyfriends because they didn't know and they were afraid to speak about it. So 
rather than being financially empowered women, we switched it to the few series, be one of the few that actually is educated on that content. Oh, I like that. And you're right. You know, when when you bring in that other side of the equation from, you know, couples and partners, that's a whole unique opportunity. One that we're seeing fintech really tap into. For example, you have HoneyFi, you have Twine. There's a couple of others who are tapping into that unique market segment, that unique market opportunity, solving some really, really, I think, important problems because we know that financial stress is one of the leading causes for a relationship to begin to deteriorate. And when we can have open and honest conversations and really be the facilitator of those. I think that's where the big transformations begin to happen. Let's flash forward now, coming back from 2018, 2019. What have been the biggest transformations that you have experienced with your marketing at MIT Federal Credit Union? Well, we were very excited in 2019 to be looking forward to rebuilding an entirely new website. That was our big push for 2020. And we had all great intentions and then March hit and we were all working from home and having to develop content for 150 website pages remotely was a huge challenge. And we had added the blog, which was a big push for me. It's kind of a passion for me of content development. And I was not going to let up on deadlines. My team will tell you, (laughs) are you kidding? But um, we pushed through. And although we did have to postpone our launch until December, there were other reasons behind that. But really getting buy-in from senior management, getting our board behind it, because it was a new face for the credit union out there in public, and actually saying, hey, let's provide content that touches on people, but also educating senior management and our members about search engine optimization and why you put certain things on a website that maybe weren't there before. So that was a big challenge for us. And in September of last year, we had the opportunity to offer a social impact internship through PKG at MIT. And they offer students a chance to work in a position that can provide a social impact to an underserved market or to an unbanked group, anybody who actually has some negative impact and ways to help that community out. So we opened up a position and in January, we actually brought in a student, hired a student that was gonna um, produce blog content for that community. You bring up a very important point when you talk about buy-in, alignment, senior leadership, senior management, the board, for example. Digital growth, it's a team effort that brings together marketing, sales, ops, IT, leadership teams to do even better, to grow from good to great. When you think back, what has been the most helpful for you to gain that alignment, to gain that buy-in, to gain that support from others so that you can all continue to commit to move forward together. Because without it, I've seen that's where marketing might do a little bit. They might move forward, make a little bit of progress, but they didn't have the full either alignment commitment or buy-in from other key stakeholders. And then things begin to fall apart. How have you been able to gain that buy-in, that support along your journey here? I think the biggest step for us in getting that buy-in was to convince them that they didn't have to jump in with both feet. You can test the market, test the waters a little bit, give them a check-in point. Like, well, we'll see how it goes for three months. 
and then we'll give you the opportunity to change what we're doing. Like, just take, like set your milestones and, and check in with them and provide numbers. If we can provide numbers, then that's a little bit more easy to convince senior management and the team. If you can show an ROI, if you can show an increase in the number of website visits or the number of clicks throughs from a blog article to a sales page, that's where they're going to say, oh, I get it now. Technology has transformed our world and digital has changed the way consumers shop for and buy financial services forever. Now consumers make purchase decisions long before they walk into a branch, if they walk into a branch at all. But your financial brand still wants to grow loans and deposits. We get it. Digital growth can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming for any financial brand marketing and sales leader. But it doesn't have to because James Robert wrote the book that guides you every step of the way along your digital growth journey. Visit www.digitalgrowth.com to get a preview of his best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside, you'll find a strategic marketing manifesto that was written to transform financial brands, and it is packed full of practical and proven insights you can start using today to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Now back to the show. That's a very important point because I think we forget to look at small incremental wins, measuring progress, not perfection. And so the pilot program element of this is really critical from my experience to help gain that buy-in because what happens is you move forward, you make progress, confidence increases as you're reporting these wins and these the progress that you're making back it, you know specifically when it comes to content and a blog for example that's a long play it takes some time to gain momentum as you and I were talking before we hit rec- record another organization who has shared their digital growth journey on this podcast is Louisiana Federal Credit Union and they went from you know, a thousand visits to their blog pages per month, and then two thousand, and then they brought in full time internal resources. Went from two thousand to twenty thousand, twenty thousand to fifty, and now they're on track to almost. They're almost doubling it every single year, with around fifty, sixty percent of that coming from organic search. So my thinking is, at sixty thousand visits coming in from organic search, what is the cost, or what would be the cost to buy that traffic? Because now we're getting to the earned or owned and it's a whole unique different way of thinking about this so where have you made progress because you've also had some wins here that you've been able to report back and build the confidence of internal leadership yeah i mean we actually set up a tracking system to monitor the curated content we have versus the original content now curated content you know the first week it's out there if we're promoting it through social media or posting it on linkedin or whatever then we're going to see some traction we're going to see some to that page but it's not in our voice, it's not branded with us, and it doesn't necessarily connect to our audience. Whereas when we have unique content that we're developing, it means something to our writers. My staff actually writes their own content based on their lives, so it's things that they care about, they're passionate about, and so the content is personal, and that connects with an audience. Plus, we actually went out and got a student that's writing. So that's very specific to MIT. And so that gives us a better amount of traffic. So since we launched the blog in December, 
We've had about 21,000, 22,000 visits to our blog, which we're thinking is great for our first year on a blog. And most of that traffic is organic. So we're seeing, you know, searches and people are doing searches on whatever, Bing, Google, all the different search engines, yes. providing them with links to our website. And like I said, it also talks to our brand. So it actually is telling people who we are, why they care about us and what we can give to them as far as being a resource, not just a place that's selling a checking account or selling an auto loan. We're actually somebody that they can come to and hear a real person speaking to them where they are. Absolutely. You know, oftentimes when we look back on our own journeys of growth, there there are some very specific roadblocks that uh, were standing in the way at the time, or maybe they came up as we were moving forward. And and when we come up to a roadblock, we have a, a choice that we have to make. We can either push through, break through that roadblock, or we can find a way to work around, or, or we just get stuck and, and we stop. When you think about this journey that you've taken here, what have been maybe some of the biggest challenges, the roadblocks that you've had to overcome, break through, work around, so that you can continue to move forward, onward, and upward? In some cases, we ran into a lack of comfort, I would say, with being conversational in a blog post. Mm. We have people that are accustomed to a more formal, traditional type of a website, and they're not used to conversational, they're not used to colloquialisms within a piece, they're not used to incomplete sentences, things like that. We're using slang, you know, and, and so when we do that, On the one hand, it's a challenge for my staff to get used to writing that way. They've been so accustomed to bullets and short phrases and getting to the point quickly and learning how long-tail keywords and that type of thing help your search engine optimization, but also being a voice that people identify with. So the big learning curve for us was when we brought a student in to write and, and look at his writing and say, wow, that's really casual. Are we okay with that? Is that our brand? That took a lot of discussion that took a little bit more editing than we maybe would have liked initially, but you know, you have to take small steps. You can't change a brand overnight and you can't change your staff or your senior management team and say, Oh, just get over it. That's not going to work. You no. need everybody comfortable and have them feel confident and proud of what you're putting out there. That's a great point. I mean, even something as small, but as large as tone, as voice and being more conversational and less what I would diagnose as the traditional banker knees speak, if you will. What we have found through digital secret shopping studies, it is actually the more conversational tone that draws people into the narrative. It makes them feel better about that experience or that potential experience that they might have with a financial brand compared to say someone that could be positioning around that more stuffy banker knees, bullets, et cetera. And it does take time to shift that mindset. How important or maybe what role or how has, let's just call it training and education played into the transformation, like right here with your team? or with senior leadership, or with the board, what role has training and education played into this this narrative for you? Well, for my team, we started using a tool called Grammarly, where you're able to set tone and voice and audience. And so that we use all the time. I think we're like at the top 10% for how many words we've loaded into that system because we use it every day. But also, it really resulted in us needing to have a lot of conversation with management, 
running things by other people within the credit union. So a different audience, our other staff, frontline staff, people in you know, IT and ops, asking them to read through the content and see if anything offended them. Because we did start really focusing on diversity and including other communities that they may not be familiar with. And so certain language or topics may be edgy for some people and not for others. So being able to share all of that across the company, we had readers around the credit union that just read content and made their comments on it. Maybe they would say, this sounds like a kid wrote it, or, you know, this doesn't sound like something that should come from a credit union, or why are we writing about this topic? But when we explained it and took the time to hear them, it helped us to fine tune the content that we were developing. Yes, that that idea of it feels like a a kid wrote it. You know, it's interesting that that comment because I, I don't remember what the average grade level we should write to, but it's is if I'm not mistaken, it's is, what is it like a seventh or an eighth grade level? Yeah, it's usually seventh or eighth grade. Where we have MIT as our yeah, exactly. audience, we go a little higher than that. But Absolutely. Not- <laughs> well, that's an important point because now you're coming back. I mean, because MIT, that is your audience. So audience does really dictate the tone and the voice and how you're positioning and going to market here. You know, when you think back 2018, 2019, and obviously 2020, how have you handled and managed all of the changes that have been going on around you for your team? And really, I think, to follow that, what is the most important trait as a leader to confidently communicate those next best steps forward to others? What have you done in that space? Well, like, like I said, even with our readers, you, everybody's opinion is valued. You can't have anybody who's, you ask for an opinion and well, I don't want to listen to that one. You have to listen to everybody's opinion. And the challenge is one over the past two years where how are we going to get this all done with all the other things that are happening? Because mm. 2020 was kind of an ad hoc year. We had a plan and threw it out the window very early on and just decided to go day to day. But I think trying to foster that feeling of this is hard, but we're going to get through it. We need to be creative. Those are kind of the, the ways that we handled it. I can't say that didn't mean we had a day where you know, I was online at nine o'clock typing to somebody saying, this is what we're going to do tomorrow, you know, or that I had myself or any one of my staff just get fed up and say, you know what, I'm out of here for the day. You have to be flexible when it comes to that thing. But I think also using creativity and looking at all of it as an adventure. Yes. If you think that life is planned, then you're not living life. <laughs> and the same thing goes for credit unions. If you think your strategic plan is going to be followed to the letter, Probably not a very good plan because you didn't set yourself any stretch goals. So I think that that's what we needed to look at. All the things that changed at the last minute, that's life, that's marketing. You always have to go with the punches and also swing with the market. Things change. And what we're finding is marketing has a natural operating tendency to be a bit more adaptive, probably the most adaptive department in 
the financial brand. And we're quantifying that now with a couple of studies that we're running. One of them is called Colby, K-O-L-B-E. And Colby looks at the conative part of the brain, four different areas. One is fact finder, one is follow through, one is quick start, and then one is implementer. And what we're seeing is that marketing typically trends higher on the quick start side of things, where in other elements of the organization or the roles in the organization, they're higher on fact finder and higher on follow through, but way low on the quick start. So it creates this healthy balance because if you're all high on fact finder and follow through, but low on quick start, there's nothing to balance out that. And if you're all high on quick start, but low on follow through and fact finder, you probably have a lot of great ideas, but you don't execute and implement against those. So that's where I think this team comes back into play throughout the organization. This has been a fantastic conversation, Madeline. And and as we wrap up, I want to get really practical with you because my goal for the dear listener is to help inspire positive transformation, forward movement, growth, help them to take action with confidence. And all of that begins sometimes with just a very simple step. When we think about the journey that you've taken, what is one small, simple, practical action that you would recommend for a financial brand marketing sales, maybe even a leadership team to consider as a next best step forward on their own digital growth journey? I guess the simplest step would be take a fresh look. Whether you're walking into an existing credit union and website and blog, or you're at your current one and you've been there for 10 years, it doesn't have to stay the same. Everything can be improved. You don't have to have a blog to have effective content development. You can look at pages and decide how that's going to work. But always being willing to take a fresh look at things and listening to people, that would be it. On page optimization to that point, it doesn't have to necessarily be a blog, but there are opportunities to use content, to utilize content as part of a digital growth strategy. On that note about taking a fresh look, a follow-up for you, when we think about content from your lens of the world, what is a a common belief that others might have in the industry about content that you just passionately disagree with? Credit unions have to be serious. (laughs) I guess one of the brand, one of our brand definitions is that we're quirky and people are afraid to go there because they figure, oh, we're about money. We need to be serious. People need to respect us. But you don't have to be just serious. You can have a little fun. You can have a little bit of quirkiness out there and look at what your content is saying. If it's just the same old, same old, you're not going to catch anybody's attention. But if you throw in maybe a joke or you look at something through a different perspective, that's going to catch somebody's attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. Madeline, if anyone is listening, they want to continue this conversation that we've started today. What is the best way for them to just reach out and say hello to you? Well, they can email me at the credit union, M Balmer, that's M-B-A-L-M-E-R at M-I-T-F-C-U dot M-I-T dot E-D-U. Or you can visit my personal blog (laughs) at madtaste.com. So that's M-A-D-T-A-S-T-E-S dot com and comment on anything you like. 
I love it. And I really appreciate the story that you've been on the journey that you, the adventure to use your words, the adventure that you have been on over the last really, I would say 15 months. <laughs> if we're looking at that as, as just a, you know, a new over the coming, the monster like story archetype, because that's something that we've all been working to do is overcome this monster of COVID. But really what I see is the opportunity for financial brands is to help our account holders, you know, uh, our members at a credit union, our customers at a, at a bank, help them to overcome the monster of financial stress. That's why we're continuing to do what we're doing and why I'm so grateful for the knowledge that you've shared. Thank you so much, Madeline, for joining me for another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. Thank you. It's been great. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and make your bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. Like what you hear? Tell a friend about the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and subscribe while you're there. To get even more practical and proven insights, visit www.digitalgrowth.com to grab a preview of James Robert's best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside, you'll find a strategic marketing and sales blueprint framed around 12 key areas of focus that empower you to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Until next time, be well and do good.